to get ugly. Got gun, both left slot. Dixie left, key left. Mercedes, wide chip, Ricky. Zebra left, 75, Katie, Omaha. We're good. It's time for the Ernie McCook Show. Live from Captain Bender's Tavern on 95.9 The Big Dog. Captain Bender's Tavern, more than your average tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Now, let's talk some Rams football. And it is the Ernie McCook Show live from Captain Bender's Tavern here on 95.9 The Big Dog. Luke Wiggs hanging out with you, Parker Stone, along for the ride as well with Daniel Hedges back in the 95.9 The Big Dog studios, but of course joined as always by Shepherd Head Football Coach Ernie McCook, who walked in to a little bit of an ovation. Coach, how are you doing on this Thursday evening? <laughs> well, you know what? When you, when, you, when you invite the crowd to come, these are all my people here. Right. They're my people, yeah, so I'm in good shape. They're, you got home field advantage. It's all friendly fire here. You know, my coffee buddy. Get to share ideas, my work partners, my wife, and a couple players that I make come all the time, you know, what the heck. <laughs> and then we got Brian Walker in the house. Absolutely. Yeah. Tight end football coach. Yeah. The star-studded affair. It really is. It's a great night at Captain Bender's and uh, good week for football. It absolutely is. And the special tonight at Captain Bender's Tavern is the uh, Pizza Burger. It is an eight-ounce patty with mozzarella cheese. You've got marinara sauce on there as well, sliced pepperoni, and $3.50 drafts all the way until close of business tonight here at Captain Bender's Tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Now, Coach, I'm going to start off the show, if you don't mind, with uh, throwing you a little bit of a curveball because something's been nagging me since I've uh, driven over here from our studios and we've been listening to and keeping up with uh, coverage of the WVU football game. Uh, the, the Mountaineers, of course, in action against Houston. Currently, they're trailing 7-3. to three. There's about four minutes to go in the first quarter of that one, but WVU views down a couple of key players tonight, including starting left tackle Wyatt Milam. Now, Wyatt Milam in the TCU game suffered an injury. They said he was poked in the eye. And that injury apparently has been so severe that it's kept him out for tonight's game. Now, you yourself have spent a lot of time around the offensive line. Have you ever heard of a facial injury like that that could cause an offensive lineman to miss so much time? Well, you know what? When you talk about the eye and everything that goes along with that, I mean, that's uh, kind of scary, and you just hope it's not like a retina, something detached sure. there. Yeah. So it's really tough on him. I mean, that's, I'm sure he's disappointed with that. And, you know, it, you know, they try to do the protective equipment, and um, the, a lot of guys, some guys don't want to wear a shield. Some do, and uh, there's so many different rules with it. Now, I, I think knock on wood. <laughs> I'm knock on wood on that one. Let's uh, hope that uh, we have had guys get – their context messed up, poked in the eye, but not to the severity where you had to be held out. And, uh, you know, our, our thoughts are with that young man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and another question I did want to ask you before we, we turn this back to a Shepherd point of view is, of course, the Mountaineers taking on Houston is now coached by former WVU head coach Dana Holgerson. And we were listening on our coverage from uh, Metro News and Steve Dunlap, who was a longtime defensive coordinator at WVU, talk about Dana Holgerson's tenure when he took over at West Virginia University. And he said something that I'd never heard before, and I wanted to ask you as well. He said Dana Holgerson's first year as head coach of the Mountaineers, they went through the entirety of spring trap practice without at any point addressing special teams. No snaps, no meetings, no nothing. And Dana Holgerson then, the first day the players came back for fall camp, that was the first time he decided he wanted to ask a coach to be his special teams coordinator. Have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you've been around the block and seen a, a bunch of different things, but, you know, coaches have differing perspectives when it comes to coaching special teams. Well, but I haven't heard anything like that. You know what, I, I, I think I got the best special teams coordinator in the country in Luke Wright. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How hard he works at it and the production that we're having with that. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I've, I've worked with uh, some different staffs where, 
you know, I think you always have to teach punt fundamentals and kickoff fundamentals. Like those two things, those are game-changing events and should take advantage of being able to do those. You know, I, 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 I go back as, um, you know, a Western, what, what Western Virginia fan I am, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think. I think Dana Holgerson might be my favorite coach at WVU for all time. Really? Really? Yeah. You guys want to know why? Why's that? Because he screwed up and didn't offer Tyson Bates. <laughs> so that's there what makes go. him my favorite. How about that? There was going to be a very concerning follow-up yeah, if that's not exactly. how you answered that question. Yeah, so you kind of like that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Daniel Hoverson's recruiting. You know, I didn't, didn't offer our guy Tyson and, uh, you know, shame on, you know, unfortunately probably Neil Brown suffered the brunt of that because he would have had a great one there. And, you know, I'm glad, Neil, I'm, you know, I'm glad it worked out and we had Tyson. But I, I, I think Neil Brown's a great guy. I think he's a tremendous football coach. He is as quality person as there is in the, in the game. And so I'm hoping he gets the big W today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, now to, to take it, the show back in the Shepherd direction, I apologize for a little bit of a WVU detour. <laughs> uh, 27 to 10, the final score of last week's game against Lockhaven. And I want to get your general thoughts and kind of go through the game and the scores in a moment. But, you know, Ram fans have kind of been waiting and have reached out to us and asked about the health of Dante Harrison. Was knocked out early, or sorry, late in yeah. the first half of that game. Uh, yeah. What is his status? Well, he, he went down to make a tackle and uh, got a knee to the side of the head. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think through all the precautionary stuff, he, um, you know, they had to go through all the things that they needed to do with that. Um, you know, uh, and he, he's okay. He was at practice today. Uh, you know, and, and credit, you know, we had to, we had to, we had to act, we had to treat it like a serious neck injury. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the first time I've, we, I've ever been a part of a team where a player's been put on a backboard and removed from the field. And so I was right there watching our trainers, Katie Bishop and Ivy Baker work, along with the Lock Haven medical staff. And I can tell you, as a coach and a dad, I was so thr- I was so impressed with the teamwork, the the attention to detail, and the care that our our medical staff gave Dante, as well as the how Lockhaven University's medical staff teamed up for it. They did everything the right way, and I and I was watching. You know, I wasn't a participant. I was right there, and I watched how they operated. And I really thought that, man, we are in good hands with our medical staff. And I was really thrilled with that. Um, and you know what? It was a pretty scary moment. You know, I'm, I'm watching a young man that had a little numbness in his hand. And, you know, I think if anybody's put on a backboard, he wanted to get up. He wanted to get up. He wanted to jog back over the sidelines. And he was He was sore, beat up a little bit. But... He wanted to get up, but the medical staff said, no, let's not do that. Let's go through the precautions, and they did, and everything came back where he's in good shape. He's fine. Uh, He's just got to recover from a little of the soreness. And and you have to be thrilled with, you know, I went back and listened to the audio of our recording, and that was about a 30- to 35-minute long delay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things like that are scary, like you mentioned, to to bring out the stretcher. But your team seemed to – really kind of compartmentalize that quickly and respond quickly and take back control of the game. So you have to be thrilled with a, a little bit of adversity there with how your guys responded. Well, I, I, I credit our assistant coaches. They, they did a great job keeping everybody focused, not net let everybody get out of, you know, lose their, lose their composure. 
Um, I thought that we, I thought the officials did a tremendous job in giving us the opportunity to, um, to have a little warm-up time before we got back at playing. Uh, I thought the officials handled it well. I thought the Lock Haven administration handled everything the right way. Um, I think our assistant coaches did a great job um, in how we handled it. But it was also nice you, you, you're going back on the field after a long lift. The really third and very long, right? You know, so we had every opportunity. You know, it was it was kind of a little bit to our favor, and um, so we it was good. Well, well, coach, let's uh, kind of dive into the the, the the scoring plays in this game certainly. And uh, your first two touchdowns were very different in the ways that were played. Uh, Barry Hill, a 53-yard touchdown reception, and uh, he and Jeremiah Taylor, who we're going to be speaking to a little bit later on this evening, both had exceptional games. Uh, but then your second touchdown scored. Uh, Jordan Barnett got more carries in this game than he'd gotten to all season, and uh, that time he got a snap, a Wildcat snap, that yep. uh, I'm sure he was he was thrilled to get a chance to get his number called and run into the end zone. Yeah, that, I mean, that's something, you know, we, we got it uh, from watching my friend out there, the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm. when they did it with Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> and uh, we, we happened to be watching that Monday night game and saw them do it. And back in the day, we had Jabri Lolly, and we thought, yeah, man, let's do something Wildcat, put a Wildcat package in and, so we've, we've got about six different plays we can run out of that. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool package. And, uh, you know, for a team that, that we don't run the quarterback that much, it gives us the opportunity to get a formation that is a quarterback run-friendly um, formation. Sure. You know. Truth be told, I was looking at it. I was getting the anticipation that maybe Seth Morgan was going to catch a pass for a touchdown on the outside. <laughs> that, not, not to give too much away, is there a couple in that well, formation where Seth could catch a pass? Uh, they're they're probably, yeah. One of those guys back there is a quarterback. Uh -huh. played quarter one of the guys in the backfield played quarterback in high school. How about that? You didn't know that one, I did didn't. you? Bar Barnett did? No, uh, uh, Brian Jester. Oh, Ryan okay. Jesser was a quarterback in high school, so I'm not going to give you much information <laughs> on that. But, uh, yeah, let, let's say that he's standing right next to where he can get that snap. We, we, we have a lot of tight ends that play quarterback in high school. Brian Walker over there was a quarterback in high school. Michael McCook, he played quarterback in one JV scrimmage. <laughs> well, and then, Coach, uh, the, the, the last – the last touchdown that you guys scored in this game, uh, Jeremiah Taylor, who I mentioned we're going to be speaking to in just a little bit along with Christian McDowell, uh, a four-yard reception and a really tricky route run in the back of the end zone. And building off of the point that you made about Barnett and your ability to go to the Wildcat in the red zone, two weeks ago we were talking to you about splitting out your tight ends outside the numbers and getting yeah. creative that way. So, I mean, you guys have a pretty extensive playbook when you get inside the 20-yard line, don't you? Uh, we we want to. We always we want to be multiple, but we also want to be simplistic for our players to execute at a high level. So I think if you really dive into it, and I know our opponents have done it, we just do a lot of the same things out of different looks. And uh, our, our, we won't do it unless our players can play fast. You know, I, I, the paralysis by analysis, it's uh, not anything that I want to, I'm always afraid of. Um, so I want them to be able to play fast and execute. And, um, you know, it is, yeah. And, Coach, I feel as though this was the best performance that you've gotten from your defense this year. I think this was the best that you guys have been against yeah. the run. You held Lockhaven to 57 yards, and Chris Collier, who was the top yeah. running back in the conference, was bottled up almost entirely there until he had a couple of runs in the second half. You forced him to 1-10, or 1-4-10 on third down. Uh, this is the first time this season that you guys have won the time of possession battle by more than a minute. Uh, so that helped your defense as well. Uh, and, you know, you look at the numbers, four interceptions, three sacks. 
uh, did you get the feeling that that was your best defensive performance of the year? I thought it was a great defensive performance, but I've been watching our defense get better and better each week, and I know that we put a lot of emphasis on takeaways and creating takeaways, and our coaches do a great job, and I think our players are real. You know, I, I think I, start, I said it at the beginning of the season. We're a young football team, and as we get in sync and more, more guys start to understand the role and execute what their role is, the better you're going to see us play down the stretch. And I think one of the interesting things on defense, Coach, when Dante ex- had to exit the game, Christian McDowell moved to cornerbacks. Is that is, is he comfortable playing that cornerback spot? Did he play it a lot beforehand? What was the he, interesting he, move for that? He has a, he's been our emergency corner for a while. Okay. Um, he's a tremendous football player. He is a really bright guy, understands the game of football. Uh, and, you know, you talk about a football IQ uh, very savvy, always in the right spot. Uh, so we have a lot of confidence with Christian, uh, the things that he can do as a football player. I, I think that he could probably play any spot on the back end. Um, and because he's that bright of a guy and understands the defense. This is his second year on our program. He was a transfer from, I think it's Alabama, Alabama State. Alabama State. Yeah, Alabama State. And, man, he's from Edgewood, Maryland. And, uh, man, what a great kid he was for us. And, Coach, building off of the, you know, responding from adversity in this game, and I, I want to ask him this question when he comes up here in a little bit, uh, but there was a sequence of plays for him. I believe the second snap he took filling in after the injury to Dante, I mean, it just absolutely brutalized the guy for pass interference. A couple of plays later, he comes up with one of the four interceptions of the yeah. game. So, you know, at first we're up in the booth thinking, oh, man, I don't know, this is a little shaky, and then he comes up with the pick. So, you know, just another example of someone adjusting to uh, the, the situation yeah. to make it a play. I, again, savvy football <laughs> player. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he is, uh, he's tremendous, and you're going to enjoy talking to him. And he'll, he'll tell you about how it was probably a bad call on the DPI. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, Coach, lastly, before we take the, the first break of the show, uh, finish with the conversation of special teams, which, you know, was fantastic to the tune of Ryan Barrick with four punts, three of which went inside the 20. However, uh, the first black mark against the special teams this year and allowing a kickoff return for a touchdown. I'm sure those adjustments have already been made. Like you yeah. mentioned, Coach Wright, the best in the business. But, uh, you know, it, it was a, a, a rare change to watch an opponent do to you what you've done to so many teams this season. Yeah, you know what was really a shame is uh, we felt like if we would have gotten a stop there and gotten a three and out, and that kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like we were going to break that thing wide open and the kickoff return took a lot of wind out of our sails. We felt a little bit of pressure and offensively. And, uh, you know, I, I know we're disappointed it happened. I know we worked to make the correction. And, uh, we'll, you know, but it's, it's the game of football. Their, their guys are working hard to make plays too. Absolutely. Well, we've got a break to take again. It's Burger Night here at Captain Bender's Tavern. It's the pizza burger, mozzarella cheese, marinara sauce, and sliced pepperoni, and $3.50 drafts until close. We'll take a, uh, a step aside for just a moment, but you're listening to the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Should turn the microphones up, guys. How about that? Welcome back into uh, Captain Bender's Tavern here in Sharpsburg as it is the Ernie McCook Show. Live on 95.9 The Big Dog as Daniel Hedges is at the controls. It's Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, and Shepherd Head Football Coach Ernie McCook hanging out with you guys on this Thursday night for Burger Night here at Captain Bender's Tavern. It's the Pizza Burger and $3.50 drafts until close. But our conversation with Coach McCook continues. And, Coach, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, if you don't mind, about the, the defensive side of the ball because we've talked a lot about your pass catchers. We've talked about how the backfield 
backfield is starting to develop with three guys getting carries. And, of course, we've talked to you a lot about your offensive line. But I wanted to ask about some of your defensive players and some of the changes we've seen from this year's defense as opposed to last. And as we've made it to week seven of the season, did you have the expectation coming into the year that at this point of the year Matt Bednarski would lead the Rams in sacks? I, I don't know if I thought he would lead the Rams in sacks, uh, but I knew he was going to be a major contributor to our program. Uh, Matt's done a great job. And, you know, if you look at that defensive front with uh, Matt, uh, Jack Baxter, mm-hmm. Nathan Muley, Kevin Kalsner, Mike Forbes, and who all am I missing? Um, I, I know, I know, and we're getting some production. Nathan Muley, who's Muley, been on the yeah. coaching show, yeah. Yeah, Muley, and um, you're going to see Jack Brutus. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get some reps and do some nice things. Richie Aguilar gets some reps. Um, so, again, we, the, it, it, what Matt's doing is outstanding. He's making a lot of plays, TFLs. Yep. Uh, he's doing a great job. And, if you, there, you know, some of the greatest ability you can have is dependability, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things Matt Benarski has. Now, Coach, another thing that we've seen this year, and if I've asked you this question before, I apologize. I'm sorry. You guys mix up your fronts a lot. Now, last year I'd see on third down and long you'd go to a three-man front, get that extra defensive back on the field. Uh, but this season, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems as though <coughs> the, the more we see you guys work out of a three-man front, it's because your linebacking core, which we talked about a lot and the talent that you have uh, in Harold O'Neill, Dwayne Grantham, JT Kumeyao, Amari Terry, is it more so a fact that you want that extra backer on the field, or is it just to get as many linebackers on the field as possible? Because that might be your most talented uh, position group on off our defense. You know, I think it is to get better, get a lot of players on on the field, and I think that our defensive coaches worked really hard um, last winter and through uh, spring ball and the summer in preparing that package. And uh, you know, Coach Klein, Coach Wright. Coach Murray, Coach Logan Williams, those guys, and Coach Oz Smith, our, our defensive GA. I, I mean, those guys work extremely hard. They're they're consummate professionals, and they prepare. So they want to be very multiple, and uh, they like to blitz. They like to bring heat. They like to bring pressure. They they like to get TFLs. They love to get sacks. They love to play great defense. And I think that their passion shows within our football team. And we, again, you know, I, I say this, we're a young football team, and watching these guys get better each week is exciting. And, you know, I'm the offensive line coach, so I get to see all that all that stuff through spring ball, fall camp. And I always know if I'm miserable during spring ball and fall camp, our defense is going to be pretty <laughs> daggone good. And I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about how this, this defense is going to finish out. I think you're going to see a, a group that is going to – as good as they were last week, I think you're going to see them be even better this week. And speaking on the growing end, I think that secondary really took a massive step up, even with Dante's loss in the first half of that game. I think really, like we mentioned, Christian had a fantastic game. Johnny Gamble really stepped up, got an interception that game. He yeah. played great. Naeem Alexander stepped up and had a great game. It's really feeling like this secondary where, to be fair, it's had its critics in the first half of this season, but they're really coming into their own right now. Yeah, and again, it's uh, repetitions, the mother of all learning. The more you do something the better you get at it and you're talking about all these guys they just mentioned are are really first year starters and they're getting more game reps they're seeing it the, the, the it's processing a lot faster in front of them and uh, I 
you know, again, credit to their work ethic and their the, how diligent they are with it. And, and uh, a player that's really starting to become one of my favorites on the defensive side of the ball, and Miles Greer had to play a lot of snaps with Christian sliding down. He got more time on the field. Obviously, he's had the great return touchdown, but he's really starting to emerge as a, a, a big contributor in that defensive backfield. And, you know, he's somebody that I, I'm assuming you didn't have him in the spring, right? I mean, no, we didn't. He was a high, he's a high, he's a true freshman. Right. And uh, Miles is a, you know, all met guy out of South County High School in, in Virginia. And, uh, you know, we, he's all, all met punt returner. And we knew he was a good player. And when we were able to recruit him, um, he committed to us and signed with us. Really a, a great kid for us. I mean, and the one thing, man, I'll tell you what, this freshman class we have is a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. Those guys work hard. Uh, they get after it on the scout teams on both sides of the ball. And uh, I, th I think it's – I think the future of Shepherd football is bright. And I think it goes with that recruiting class that Miles was a part of. And, and, and we're still young. Like, the guys you're going to have up here both have another year left after this. Uh, we have very few seniors. And, I'm, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So how did the story with uh, Miles becoming the primary punt returner happen as a true freshman? Well, we knew he was all met punt returner and very good at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think two of the more difficult things to do in football, one, punt the ball. Because you got ten guys rushing at you, and you got to get rid of it in what two seconds. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing is, once that ball's punt, to return it. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes a special guy with grit. And Miles, you know, we we try. We, we, we're we're not like WB and Dana Hoger when Dana Hogerson was there. We're actually working at special teams on spring ball. And, I mean, we got that jugs machine firing up there. Boom, catch the punts and seeing who's good at it. And it's, we're filming it and we're identifying who's good at it. And Miles uh, separated himself from it. Cordell Batten's a heck of a punt returner as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got, and he's a true freshman. So we're talking about two two freshmen. And, you know, the other thing, they're just young and dumb. And they're, uh, they, they don't realize the pressure they're under. You know, sometimes young, being young is helpful. Well, Coach, uh, before we say goodbye to you for a little bit, you mentioned uh, the two young men that we're going to be speaking to in just a moment, and Jeremiah Taylor and Christian McDowell. And what's interesting about these two guys is, if I'm correct for us, these are the first two players we've gotten to talk to on this show that you uh, found via the transfer portal. For Jeremiah coming from uh, Fairmont State and then Christian McDowell, Alabama State, as you mentioned. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the two guys that we're going to talk to, and then if you don't mind, the process of finding them and bringing you this program out of the portal. Sure. Um, well, uh, Christian's dad is a high school football coach, and he was at Alabama State, and he was looking to you know create an opportunity back closer to home and get, have an ability to, you know, opportunity to play more. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, you know, he's somebody with the film we watched of him was tremendous. And I, I think we recruited him two years ago. So he was part of the team last year, came in in summer camp. Uh, JT is a guy that we, you know, what people don't realize what the portal's done. Everybody talks about what it's done with Division One. Well, Division Two. so imagine we play all the way to the middle of December. Uh, we spend the next week kind of rallying up our recruiting, which takes us a week to Christmas. Our coaches worked on this this mid-year transfer class. Um, up with, the only days we didn't work was the day before Christmas Eve and the day before New Year's Eve. Wow. And obviously Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we didn't, and those two days. So, but that week typically in, in small college football, where everybody shut it down and going home, right. where we are in having recruits on campus, uh, we're evaluating film, and we we had. 
I mean, some of, some of this mid-year group that we had, um, Jeremiah was part of it. Uh, Gio Tolbert was part of it. Uh, Harold O'Neill was part of it. Um, Barry Hill part of it. Barry Hill was part of it. Johnny Gamble, too. Uh, Gianni was actually a summer. Oh, was he? Yeah, we recruited him this summer. Uh, But he would have been. Uh, He's a Lackawanna guy. Uh, So our guys, I mean, our our recruiting coordinator is our special teams coordinator, Luke Wright. That dude is the Energizer's or Bunny. (laughs) He is bouncing around, and and he is – so we, we had visits all that week. And, you know, there's nobody on campus except for the football coaches, the campus police officers, and the recruits that we were bringing up. And, you know, you sit there and think, man, you just had a long football season. And, you know, the Bill Belichick, no days off? Mm-hmm. Well, we're experiencing that here at the small college level. And, and, but it paid off with great guys like that. And um, I think we have a good process with the portal. Uh, we want to identify it. Like one thing about JT and Christian, they're both um, – Christian is from Edgewood, Maryland, which is just north of Baltimore. And JT is from – he oh. went to Annapolis area Christian. He lives he – he'll, he'll confirm it. Upper, upper Marlboro. Marlboro yeah, yeah. yeah, Lives in Upper Marlboro. So in, in my mind, those are local schools for us. You know, and we've got to do a good job of being a spot for, like, I think guys from the DMV – feeling comfortable coming to Shepherd University. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be joined by Jeremiah Taylor and Christian McDowell coming up on the other side of this break. Again, you're listening to the Ernie McCook Show live here from Captain Bender's Tavern where it's burger night, it's the pizza burger, and $3.50 drafts until close as well. This is the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Welcome back into Captain Bender's Tavern here in Sharpsburg, Maryland, where it's burger night. It's the Ernie McCook Show, of course, as you just heard Clay say. It is the pizza burger, mozzarella cheese. Uh, what's the what's the sauce you put on pizza? Marinara sauce. It's, it's, it's escaped my mind there for a second. Pizza before. Yeah, I've, listen, man. I, I've been around a few times. And also uh, sliced pepperoni on that as well. $3.50 drafts until close, but I'm Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone alongside Daniel Hedges back in the 95.9 The Big Dog Studios. But we're now joined by... Jeremiah Taylor and Christian McDowell, members of the Shepherd football team. And, uh, Jeremiah, I'll start with you. This is the toughest question you're going to get all night. Uh, what did you order to eat? I ordered the chicken Chesapeake uh, sandwich okay, and uh, mild wings. Was it good? Yes, sir. Very right. good. And how about you, Christian? I also had the uh, mild wings, but I had crab cake sandwich. So. Crab cake. See, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a crab guy. How are the crabs here at Bender's? Yeah, they're pretty good. good. Real pretty good. good. How are you right. not a crab guy? I listen, man. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Chiller. But uh, seafood's not. If it doesn't come from Long John Silver's, I don't want to eat it. Oh, man. But, guys, um, as we turn our attention to some more serious matters, uh, for both of you guys, you arrived at uh, Shepherd through the transfer portal, and we were just talking to Coach McCook about that process. And, uh, Jeremiah, I'll start with you because I, I do have some questions about uh, last season for you at Fairmont State. But take us through the process of, you know, you're at the point in your career where you're not sure what you want to do. You're putting your name into the portal, and your future's a little bit uncertain, but then Shepherd comes calling. What was that process like? Coach uh, Luke Wright, he recruited me when I first got to Fairmont. You know, he, he, he was at Fairmont before he was at Shepherd. He called me a day before I was going to take my visit to Millersville, actually. He was like, hey, man, uh, he was like, we would love to have you here on a visit. Let me know if you can come up. I asked my dad. He was like, yeah, we can go. We took a trip together. Met Coach McCook, the rest of the staff. Coach Clark was on my visit with me as well. And we hit it off. The, the, the first time we met, it was a good, it was a good campus, good environment. I like what they were doing with their program, and 
I committed the, the next day. Well, I love Fairmont State. I'm from just up the road in Morgantown, and Travis Jones, who does their games, is a friend of mine. You had a really interesting season, though, for the Falcons. Take me through what it was like because three different quarterbacks played last year for Fairmont. I mean, has it become difficult as a wide receiver when each week you're not sure who's going to be throwing you the football? It did get a little challenging at some times just because we were so used to different. We had a left-handed quarterback and two right-handed quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So it would be different catching the ball, their preferences on weight, like ball placement different checkdowns and stuff like that. So it would get tricky sometimes, but we tried to get it done. You know, I think I won six games in two years there at Fairmont, and I'm already at five right here at Shepard, so <laughs> I can't complain. Well, and then for Christian, then the, the attention for you, I mean, it's a little bit of a longer way for travel for you from Alabama State. Obviously, you're more local. You're from Redgewood, White. Uh, but uh, talk about the process for you going into the portal and uh, why you chose Shepard. Um, just having conversations with my dad, wanting to play more. Uh, and also being close to home, more so for comfortability. Uh, I had Luke Wright recruit me, DB coach, so we hit it off pretty good. Um, basically told me that he wanted a ball hawk, someone that can play multiple positions, whether that was corner, safety, or uh, what we had to start. Sure. So just having conversations with him, Luke Wright, just made me more comfortable. Yeah. So. And, and is the, what has what the talent change kind of been like for you coming from the SWAC to now what you see in, in Division Two football here in the PSAC? Is it pretty comparable or is it a step up, step down? What, what's it kind of been like? I mean, from a skills position, it's never a step down. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, great receivers, whatever division you're playing. I would say the game got a little bit slower, but overall, definitely the same. Definitely the same. Mark? Well, I wanted to ask about this, Jeremiah. I saw you were all-county in football, lacrosse, yeah. and track for all those things. Are you a you big lacrosse player? Definitely was back in my, my younger days. Well, sure. everybody from Maryland has to play lacrosse, It's like right? a, and that's just kind of how it works. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, I picked up lacrosse probably like middle school and played it all the way through high school, all four years of high school, until COVID hit. So. Also, as a former track runner in college, I wanted to ask you this. So what, did, what did you run in track in high school? The one, two, four by two, and a four by four. Four by four. What was your 400 time? 52, 89. That was my best. 52. Yeah. I was like 58. Yeah, you, you, you smoked me. I was, a, I, was a, I was a 55. I was a 55. Hey, Chris, did you do any other sports in uh, high school? I did track. You did track? What would you run? I ran a four by two, four by four, and a long jump and triple jump. Oh, okay. What was your four time? I think my, high, my lowest was a 50. And, and you said, oh, it just yeah. sounds like we're going to have you guys race here in a second. You said the long jump, too? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you, and you can laugh as you want. I think my best long jump was at the state meet one year. I had a 16-4. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> what was yours? <laughs> uh, I think my state one was 21-4. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, uh, Christian, uh, I'm sure this is a question that you get a lot, and I'm going to ask you it. I apologize. When you look at your bio on the Shepherd website, the biggest thing that comes up with, a cousin of yours that's playing for the Browns, a cousin of yours that's playing for the Titans, you had a cousin play basketball in Europe, cousin play Clemson, WV. What are these family reunions like with all these pro and college? I mean, do you get to meet up with the family very often? I definitely do, but me being me, I'm more of an introvert, so I kind of stay in the back. But it's definitely fun linking up with family, especially ones that are that I aspire to or I am inspired by and definitely want to be in their spot soon, but... 
It's fun. It's, yeah, really it, fun. It, it, it's certainly an opportunity, right, to, to, to pick some relatives' brains that are playing at a pro level? Yeah, a lot of knowledge. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, turning our attention now to this season, and, and, and Jeremiah, certainly it's been fun to watch you on offense and fun to watch the chemistry that you're starting to uh, develop with Seth Morgan. You know, you played with a lot of quarterbacks, as we just established. You played with three last season. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, where does Seth kind of rank on the hierarchy of quarterbacks you played with? Seth probably the most experienced quarterback I've played with since I've been in college. He's coming from the D1 level, so he's seen faster competition, you know, different play calls than I'm used to seeing. So his insight on the game helps me every day in practice, you know. We got good chemistry together. Everybody in the receiving court, we got pretty good chemistry. But Seth, he, he's probably the most talented quarterback I've played with since I've been in college. So what I'm hearing, he's top two and not two. He's definitely top two, <laughs> not two for sure. My nice set. And, and sure. it's, a, it's a fun room that you, you're in as well because you've got Barry who's got that breakaway speed, take the top off of defense. Um, he's also a fun guy to talk to, we found out. And uh, Cam Dorner as well. Is just a, a, I mean, you guys are similar in the fact that you can do a little bit of everything. I mean, you can make contested catches. You can run down the field. You've got good speed. I mean, it's, it's got to be fun. I mean, it's got to be a little bit frustrating sometimes when you're not the number one guy getting all the targets. But at the same time, it's got to be fun playing in a wide receiver room like that. For sure, man. We, we feed off each other's energy and practice and meetings, obviously, in the games. You know, I'm rooting for everybody in that room. From the guys that's not playing to the guys that's playing, I mean, anybody get a chance, I hope they make the most of it. So it's, it's always fun. It's always love in that run for sure. Christian, I wanted to ask you about this last game against Lock Haven when Dante had to exit the game due to injury. You stepped in at cornerback, and we heard Coach say you step in as the emergency quarterback. What was that feeling like when you step into that spot? You maybe not expect going in to go co play cornerback and, that, and slide over to the boundary. What was that feeling like when you got over on that side? Exciting. You uh -huh. know, um... I wasn't really nervous because I played cornerback, especially at a higher level. Mm -hmm. um, it was heartbreaking when Tay went down, so I knew that I needed to step up and make a play. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely when he walked by, I said that I was going to catch an interception, so mm -hmm. just manifesting it. But also uh, prior to the game, in practices, I was running uh, with the corners. So I just I knew it was going to come a time where I need to step in and, and make a big play, so it had to be in that game. I wanted to ask you this. We, during our broadcast, when you caught that interception, I thought I saw you do this, and I said it during our broadcast. I wanted to ask you, I, did you flash a two at the end of it? Or was it did, a peace sign? Or was it a peace sign? <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought I saw that. Um, it, was a, it was a little bit of both. Was it? <laughs> Definitely a little bit of both. But it was because last year uh, – Last year, Tate caught an interception. He held up the two, so mm -hmm. okay. just had to show. Well, before we finish this up with some rapid-fire questions from Parker, I wanted to kind of build off of that point with you playing some snaps at cornerback. I'm going to uh, pick on you a little bit, then I'm going to praise you because you had a pretty brutal pass interference call, and then a couple of plays later you come up with the pick. I mean, you mauled the guy, but then you know a couple of plays later you come up with the interception. So talk about that sequence of events. You talked about not being nervous, uh, but you, know, you, you committed a felony against the wide receiver there, <laughs> and then a couple of plays later you are able to make the interceptions you got to be happy with how that kind of flipped on its head right yes, sir. it was i was just surprised that he threw it <laughs> like why would you try me yeah, why? 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 all right all right up. this is our two minute drill guys these are rapid fire questions for you so first off your bus buddy on road trips who's your bus buddy i prefer to sit by myself but <laughs> if i pick See, everybody on the team says they sit by themselves. themselves. What do you guys have, like, a 200-row bus that everyone's just sitting by themselves? You would think everybody <laughs> want to sit by themselves, but I'd probably say Barry Hill or Cam Dorner, probably. All right, Christian? For me, MJ Johnson. All right. We got a pregame tradition. You got a pregame tradition that you do? I wear the same draws every game. 
Same ones, are, just your lucky you ones? Mm, yeah, I got to watch Okay. <laughs> I got to watch them. Things are like cardboard at this point. <laughs> so it's three songs that I play back to back to back. Uh, repeat. No other songs. What are the okay. songs? songs? So Dedication by No Cap. Okay. okay. Then I have Dreams of Nightmare by Meek Mill. All right. And then another one, uh, he's a Baltimore rapper, OTR Chaz. Okay. okay. Nice, nice. I also look at a picture of my mom and her twin sister before every game. Oh, yeah, love sure. that. Love yeah. that. Best and worst field you've played on besides Ram Stadium? Best field, Maryland Terp Stadium. Okay. Worst field, my high school home field. <laughs> <laughs> it was grass. <great. laughs> it was grass. Best field, probably Auburn. Wow. Worst field, I'd have to say Kyle P.A. Cal, really? Cal's is pretty bad. Mm. All right, uh, who gets the ox on you guys' uh, position groups? Who's who gets the ox? Will Ennis. Will Ennis, Ennis the yeah. freshman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The freshman with the music. Okay. <laughs> Ennis. Nobody. Nobody gets the ox. <laughs> Nobody in the DBs has any good taste in music? Is that what nah, you're saying? I'll say uh, Robbie. Somebody Robbie gets Mark. it. All right, if you suited up on your school's junior varsity basketball team today, how many points are you scoring in a game? 100. 100? <laughs> I'm not really good at basketball. <laughs> well, JT, two. you're 6'2". Can you dunk? All right, uh, pro player you'd like to model your game after if you have one? Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. And then uh, if you weren't playing football, what sport would you be playing right now? Running track. Running track. Lacrosse. I'm playing lacrosse. <laughs> All right, final one for you guys. One word that describes your play on the field. Fast. Fast. Fun. Fun. I like, I like that. Those are good answers. We've had some alarming answers from some of your teammates, but we, <laughs> we appreciate you guys giving us the time. Uh, we'll go ahead and turn you back over to the food that you got to finish over there. But, uh, guys, best of luck uh, coming up this Saturday against Millersville. And, once again, thanks for coming on. Thank sure. you. Thank All you. Right, we got another break to take. When we return, we'll be joined by Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook, as this is the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Welcome back to the final segment of the Ernie McCook Show live here from Captain Bender's Tavern. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, hanging out with you with Danielle Hedges back in the 95.9 The Big Dog Studios. We're now rejoined by Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook, but there was a, uh, a wild Brian Walker sighting right before we sat down for the show, and he joins us for this last segment as well. How are you doing on this evening, sir? Very good. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'll, I'll direct this first question to you because you've had a really interesting last couple of months. You finished the season as a Ram and then you throw your hat into the professional ring, got a couple of opportunities, and now waiting on a couple of more. What have these last couple of months been like? Um, these last couple of months have been nothing short of, like, crazy roller coaster, right? But um, I'm super thankful to have the opportunity to even get on this roller coaster. Sure. You know, so I'm really optimistic of the future. And just staying ready so i'm gonna get ready when my number's called <laughs> so is uh, has the phone been ringing a little bit is there some opportunities for uh usfl xfl of course the big dogs in the nfl absolutely. to give you a ring? absolutely there's always opportunity awesome. and um the guys i have in my corner that are working with me are great great guys and great people to be around and want nothing but the best for me so like i said the future's uh, future's bright and i'm very optimistic about it so I'm curious, when yourself, Tyson, Ronnie, and Joey all had these pro looks in that time for you, was there like a big old like group chat with you guys going on like, all right, I got, I'm going here, I'm going there, we're going this, we're doing that, was it that type of thing with you guys? No, there was like, as far as like, like, well, we got an opportunity, I, I want to go here, I want to go there. Yeah, I yeah. Think. 
Well, I mean, like, you know, going into it, like, we all have our favorite football teams yeah, and everything sure. like that. And growing up watching these guys, you know, I'd love to play for them. But, you know, in the big picture, it's the NFL. It's the big stage. So any opportunity that we get there is, you yeah. know, you can ask for more. Now, Coach, and I'll ask uh, Brian this question here in a second. I mean, it was almost surreal for me. This is just my first year with the program, being there for Pro Day. You know, to watch all but a handful of NFL teams out to scout four Shepard Ram players and some other players from the MEC and the like. I mean, what was that? I mean, kind of being a, a proud dad. It must be weird watching an event at Ram Stadium that you're not coaching. Uh, what was that kind of like? It was actually pretty enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> it was great to watch these guys compete. And for them to have, you know, it, for me, it was exciting because uh, anytime you can provide an opportunity for your guys to have an opportunity to fulfill their dreams, uh, that that really makes you feel good as a coach. And to see the opportunity and see all the scouts that were there, see those guys uh, compete at a really high level um, and and the pr- preparation that they had for it, you know, I, it was a proud, proud moment for me, proud moment for our program. Uh, you couldn't ask for better guys to represent Shepherd University in our football program than those guys did. And, um, you know, a pro day is not easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and the fact that we had so many scouts here is a credit to those guys and what they put on tape as a football player and then how they they carried themselves when the scouts were on campus. So uh, that was was pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, it was – and for me, I just – I've had (laughs) – I I could tell you some nightmare pro days – and uh, I try to, like, melt into the background because uh, it, is, it is a little hectic in yeah. pro day. And uh, you guys, you'd be surprised how many people don't want to try. Hey, can I get my shot to try out? And you guys hadn't played for 10 years. <laughs> and um, you know, it, and th- this is it's a really big deal. Uh, the NFL is a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. And these guys were interviewing for jobs. That pay extremely well, and uh, you know it's um, pretty exciting for them. And you know I love that. I love the fact that there's the XFL and USFL um, because I think that's are also possible opportunities for guys to continue to play. Football is a unique deal where college has kind of been the farm system, like baseball and basketball's got the developmental leagues. Uh, football really doesn't have developmental leagues. And we, we watched Dewan Neal play. In fact, Brian, Michael, my son, Brian's dad, Steve, and Dewan Addison. And we all went to watch Dewan Neal play last year in Washington. That's the, awesome. Yeah. So, that, you know, so you know, you know, I think your question was like, how much do you guys communicate? Well, let me tell you something. Everybody had each other's back. When you go and watch, if, when you think about that pro day, watching each other root for one another. So when Brian was running his 40, his teammates were rooting for him. Mm-hmm. When Joey Fisher was doing his L drill, those guys were rooting for him. Uh, they, they they did have each other's back. The four of them, Solomon Alexander also participated in that pro day. Um, and they worked together, and, and you could tell they were together in this as a shepherd round. 
Was that the most nervous you've been at Rams Stadium on that day? No, I had a long snap my junior year. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I, I want to ask you this um, uh, before we end the show here. You've been uh, Going back. <laughs> coming back to uh, Rams Stadium, checking out the sites, you know, now as an alumni. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this current crop of Shepard Rams wide receivers? I mean, you've got some guys. I'm sorry, tight ends. You've got some guys that maybe aren't quite the pass catcher that you were that are trying to get up to that level, but are tremendous blockers in open space. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, sure. on, on both Fisher and Jester and, and, and the, that position? Group? You know, you talk about me and the, my ability in the route game. It's, it's the coach's job to set up the players for them to be the most successful, right? right. Mm. So I'm not the same player as Dustin. Dustin's not the same player as me. As far as JR and Jester and all the rest of them, we're all different, right? And Coach McCook has done a great job over the years of utilizing each, uh, each other's abilities in the run game, pass game, or whatever it is. So it, when I see and I look out there and I see, I see, I see Coach McCook setting them up for the best opportunities possible, right? Like last year we had Tyson who was able to throw, throw the ball 51 times in the ring, you know. <laughs> so it's Coach McCook and the coaching staff setting up the players that he has for the best opportunities possible. Well, take me back, Brian. I wanted to ask you about this. I saw you on the sidelines for the first game of the season against Southern Connecticut State. Dustin Fisher catching that touchdown pass. What was that moment like with Dustin? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I, I, famous quote from Coach McCook. If uh, I was any happier, there'd be two of me. You know, I, think <laughs> I saw Dustin catch the touchdown, game-winning, game-winning pass. It was an electric moment and a moment that he'll remember for the rest of his life and a great, great moment to happen in Shepherd, uh, Shepherdstown. Well, Coach, uh, before I, I, I enjoyed that too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I think we all did. Yeah. Uh, Coach, before we end the show tonight, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a question about this upcoming game. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit, ironically, with Millersville and a conference opponent uh, and a Shippensburg flavor again because J.C. Morgan was a longtime offensive coordinator at Shippensburg, and uh, he brought a coach with him as his O.C. and uh, Jeff Tomasetti. What have you seen from them offensively and defensively that you need to be prepared for when you take the field a little bit later, 2 p.m. kick on Saturday? Yeah, and, and Matt Sujak, they're all, uh, defense coordinator I think does a tremendous job and, you know I got to know JC when he was at um, at, at Shippensburg as the offense coordinator coach he recruited we recruited the same areas so we got to know each other pretty well and um, you know I think he does a tremendous job he's a great person heart great coach um, somebody I have a tremendous amount of respect for I think his assistant coaches that they all are first-class individuals and it's been, you know, it's been fun for me. Not fun, I take that back. I've watched him build that program into what I think is going to be a very formidable opponent on Saturday. Uh, they are a good football team. They are well coached. Uh, they get after it. Uh, they're always aligned right. And there's a rhyme and a reason to what they do and how they do it. Uh, we're, we're going to have to play well. Uh, we're going to have to be better than we were last week in the red zone offensively. Uh, we're going to have to make sure we take care of the football. And if we don't turn the ball over and we score when we're in the red zone, I think we're going to be okay because I have a tremendous amount of confidence in our defense and what they're going to do. I think our special teams will be solid. They're going to make a play or two for us. So I, I think we've just got to make the ordinary play extraordinary uh, but know that we're, we're going to go play Millersville University on their homecoming, a well-coached, a hungry football team, 
that we're going to have to play well to find a way to win. Well, that Millersville game you can hear right here on 95.9 The Big Dog. Our pregame coverage will begin at 1 p.m. with a 2 p.m. kickoff. Uh, with that, we'll say goodnight, Coach. Best of luck on Saturday. And for Brian, and we appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck in uh, the, the career endeavors here over the next couple of months. Thank you very much. All right, this has been the Ernie McCook Show live from Captain Bender's Tavern on 95.9 The Big Dog. This has been the Ernie McCook Show. Brought to you by Captain Bender's Tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Tune in every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on 95.9 The Big Dog and streaming on the 95.9 The Big Dog app.